0: and welcome back to the show y'all how many y'all watch your timeline and you see amazing travel locations and these awesome troops and then you see people of look like you taking these trips to these amazing places like Dubai and Cuba and Portugal and places that you never even knew existed, right? You probably wonder, how do they do it? What are they doing? And why am I not getting any invites? And how do I get on their subscription list so I can get some discounts because they have to do this on a budget, right? Well, I think you're going to have some answers today because I have someone who is a curator of those amazing trips that you see all the time. But before we talk to the genius that is he, I wanted to share something with y'all. This is, this says the woman power from her golden wings. She said, I sincerely love this podcast focuses on relatable topics that are actually affecting women locally. As the podcast continues to progress, I am excited to continue to listen and grow from the resources, advice, and information provided. Also, I constantly find myself speaking back at the conversation as though someone is talking directly to me. This experience has been empowering and thought-provoking. Thank you, her golden wings. I mean, man, I'm glad you're talking back because sometimes I feel like, Am I the only person who talks back to the radio so, or the TV or whatever you're listening to? I'm glad to know that I am not alone. Thank you for sharing and answering the call and sharing your feedback. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead on the platform that you listen on and rate the show, okay? If this is your more than your second episode, then I think you might like what you're hearing, right? So that's your homework. But back to today. I know you guys probably, if you were like me, before Instagram existed, I didn't even know what Wanderlust was. I just kind of heard it, thought it was a cool word, and did some digging and realized it was the life that we're all after. <laughs> so today's guest is the founder of the Haitian Nomad. He is a traveler who's traveled, before he even started his company, he traveled to over 50 countries. So we got to know more about that. Welcome to the show, Mr. Richard Kantov. Hello. Hi, Amira. How are you? I am fantastically fabulous. How are you? It's great. It's such an honor to be on the show. Oh, it's an honor to have you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank now, you. you know I got to know from the beginning. Talk, let's talk about when that travel bug bit you. I know you're from Haiti. So is that where it began?
1: Actually, I, so I am from Haiti. Um, I've been living in the States for the past 16 years. And I have to say that it bit me on a trip that I went to Costa Rica. And I remember walking down this like dirt road and finding this amazing beach. And I just, like, fell in love. And I, it just, you know, made me more curious to discover more places and, and see other things. And I'm like, there's a whole world out there. And from there on, here I am, 50 countries deep and angry, and angry for more.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about those 50 countries. Well, how often are you on a plane these days?
1: Oh my God, I'm on the plane. So it's it's funny that you ask that because today I got an email from American Airlines and it basically states like, you know, all your stats for the year and stuff like that. And for American Airlines only, I was on the plane 82 hours. Um, I think it's like 12 countries. Uh, I forget how many cities, but this is just with American Airlines. But I think I'm on the plane about four to five times a month and a lot of the times is you know super long flights uh 18 20 hours so yeah
0: so we're way past platinum status at this point right <laughs> oh yeah yeah. yeah.
1: i it's, it's it's funny because i made i think i made actually actually platinum with american platinum with delta um i i have at least that as well
0: now. Wow, so is that like a special award that goes out? Kind of like folks who want the Oscar, the Emmy, and the, the, the Tony. What do we call that when you make platinum at all the major airlines? You should like make up a, a name single for it. Year. Right? <laughs> yeah. You should totally make up a name for that. So let's go back to okay. So you moved to NYC in 2013. That's right. Right, and you decide to plant your semi roots there. Do you really consider yourself having roots? I mean, you're gone a lot.
1: New York, no matter where I go, how long I'm out, New York is always home.
0: Okay. So you get this, you you start traveling and you decide, you know what, I want to share this with other people. Tell me how that went and what really intrigued you about bringing other people into this world that you would experience.
1: Three years ago, if you told me that today I would be having this conversation with you and this is what I I was going to be doing, I would probably laugh. Because all of this happened by accident. And I say this because it all started from getting a message from somebody on Facebook. And a friend of mine wanted to do this Haitian party um, with a lot of Haitian food. And they couldn't decide if they wanted to do it in Miami or if they wanted to do it in New York. And here I am, and I'm like, why don't you guys do it in Haiti? And they're all like, well, we know nothing of Haiti. But I'm like, but you're Haitian. And she's like, yeah, I haven't really been like that. I'm like, oh, I mean, you guys can do it at my house in Haiti. So this was just a casual conversation. And the following day, I had 45 people that had booked their tickets.
0: Whoa. So
1: here I am. I know nothing as far as logistics, putting things together. I am scrambling to like fit everything together. And um, I remember having like people sleeping all over like my living room in Haiti and all of that. But my goal at that point was to make sure that everybody has a good time, make sure that, you know, uh, they saw a different side of Haiti besides what's shared in the media and all of that. And at the end of the day, everybody had a good time. But I have to tell you, I remember like it was yesterday. Um, A lot of times, like in places like Haiti, uh, there's a lot of, like, miscommunication, quote-unquote. And I remember on that trip, we went to a beach resort, and we were supposed to go on a boat excursion. When we got there, the, the the lady at the counter tells me there's been a misunderstanding. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe timing or something like that. And she says, no, um, we quoted you $800 for the boat excursion, but it's actually 1800 dollars And I'm like, uh oh, but, you know, in this business, it's always passion over profit. So um, I had to make a decision. I really didn't want it to be a bad experience for the guests. So I ended up just paying for the extra thousand dollars and making sure everybody had fun. And from there on, it became, when is the next one? When is the next one? And here I am today.
0: Wow. So where did these 45 people come from? Did you know these folks or were they friends of friends? Some
1: of them I did know. Um, and then others were friends of friends. But mostly it was, you know, almost the same circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they came from all over the U.S., uh, D.C. area, New York City, East Coast, West Coast, everywhere.
0: So you brought up a great point. So you, you, you kind of impromptu create this trip. And you gather these folks together just based on your wealth of knowledge and what you just happen to know, you know, off the cuff, mm-hmm. you have a major snafu, you pivot, you figure that out. But what mm-hmm. about that made you realize that you could potentially monetize this and it would become a career? Because that's a huge gap, right? In that story. Where did right. that come in? So, so
1: the, the thing is, this first trip that I told you about, this was not like a business idea. Like I wasn't making no money. This was just like me organizing everything for everybody. So whatever the actual course of everything was, that's what they paid. Now, once people start asking me, you know, when is the next one? And I realized, like, in a lot of the travel groups that I was in, um, there was really nobody, like, sharing or uh, doing anything as far as Haiti is concerned. So for me, it came from the love of my country, um, knowing what Haiti represents for um, Black people. And I just wanted to share that with more people. So, from there, I pretty much decided that I was going to do another one. Um, and I did it in the northern Cap Haitian, which is the city where uh, the last battle for independence, for Black freedom happened. And to me, that was like, oh my God, like I have to share this with everybody. And from doing that trip, it became like, okay, I think I found my calling. Um, and a lot of it had to do with having so many friends that were Haitian but had never been back to Haiti. Um, and I'm like, how is it that you're Haitian and you've never been to Haiti, you never been back if you were born there? So that that's what first started it.
0: Wow. So you get home, you decide, you got a lot of attention, and what were your first steps?
1: Pretty much trying to, to make a lot of contacts, um, networking. It, it was basically like learning on the job for me. Because, again, I knew nothing out of any of this. Um, and then, you know, I started having, like, friends of those people that came uh, asking me, okay, like, are you, when, when are you going back to Haiti? Or are you doing any other location? Um, I had been to Cuba that year, so I had made some friends in Cuba. And I decided that, okay, well, um, maybe I'll do a trip to Cuba. That was successful also. And then I thought about it. Um, I remember seeing, like, a quote from tyler perry that explained how basically you know businesses are successful and it was something like you know once you establish something in one place recreate it in another place and i thought oh i mean i I mean i lived in cambodia for a couple of months so maybe i could host a trip in cambodia did that and that was successful so it became okay like where else where else
0: Wow. I mean, first of all, you are truly adventurous. Because <laughs> I'm sure you have eaten some things, slept in some places, oh, yes. and have some stories to tell. Yes. So I'm just yes. waiting on this TV show because it's just a matter of time. The name is perfect, right? The Haitian Nomad. I see you on the, <laughs> the Travel Network. Let's go ahead and speak that into existence.
1: <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is I have been approached by the Travel Network.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, at least uh, some people that were trying to put a show together for the Travel Network travel channel. Um, so all of that is still in the works nothing, you know, uh, concrete forms yet.
0: No, I, that's, see, look at my psychic powers coming through. <laughs> I knew I could feel it. I knew it. I knew it. So let's talk about this bucket list. Cause you have to have one, right? So what is the place that you have to go to that you haven't been to before you leave this earth?
1: Wow. That is a very tough question but um there's so many different places and a lot of times i tell people i haven't been to one place like what as many places as you've been you've never been to such place but i would love to go to brazil i have not been to brazil yet um south africa is a big one for me which i am going next year um but i think right now number one on my list is probably Benin and togo and I say this because um, Haitians are direct descendants of uh, the people from the area that has been in today. And that is actually reflected in the movie, The Black Panther. So you see, you have all the women warriors uh, that were like the guardians of the kings and stuff like that. And one of the fathers of our independence, his aunt was actually a, a Daome warrior who taught him, like, uh, the fighting style, the military tactics. So it's, it's very sentimental for me. So I definitely want to go back and trace my roots um, and find out more about myself.
0: Wow. So now in 2020, that's a major focus for your brand. Is uh, all about Africa. That's right. So tell me a little bit about what that focus looks like and where you're headed.
1: So my, my first topic. time... My first time in Africa was actually in Egypt. And I remember, you know, you hear a lot about uh, Egypt when it comes to the pyramids and stuff like that. But then when I went to Egypt, what I realized is that there was so much more to learn about uh, the black race. Like, you know, we had a lot of black kings, black rulers. So it it just made me more curious about the whole continent. then I went to Morocco, and I fell in love with Morocco. And every other place I went, I wanted to see more of it. Kenya, Tanzania. So I decided to, to basically want to share all that with everybody. So we're, doing, we're hosting our mega trip to Egypt in November. We're doing Kenya in September. We're doing Morocco twice in March. Um, South Africa uh, for the New Year's Eve. So definitely at least four or five trips to Africa.
0: All of those, I mean, literally I'm sitting here trying to figure out where I can find extra coins so I can, <laughs> <laughs> so what is that like? I'm sure you, I know it's a price point, obviously, but I know you've probably learned tons of tricks. So give me a couple of like great, maybe three tips that people could use for traveling on a budget or finding great resources, just tips to kind of save so that they can really go to more places.
1: Uh Well, I think number one would be, uh, you definitely want to have good credit. Um, Two is, you know, you can save so much more money by being flexible. Uh, A lot of times I have people that send me messages and say, okay, how can I find a cheap ticket to such and such place? I need to go between these dates. And my number one thing is always to tell them, if you want cheaper, you have to be very flexible. The more flexible you are, the easier it becomes. Um, three, I would say is basically network, make a lot of connections, um, make friends in a lot of different places because those will pretty much help you out, uh, as far as like local places to go, which are going to be way cheaper than the the touristy places.
0: More brunch and sleigh after this. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, then I'm sure you've heard me say a thing or two about meditation and how it utterly changed my life. And in times when things get a little bit stressful, it's always good to know that I can turn back to meditation to kind of get myself back in line. Now, the folks over at Gaia, they totally get this and understand, which is why they are giving all of our Brunch and Slay listeners 20% off of meditation cushions. That's right. I've heard it a time and time again. I want to do meditation, but it's so uncomfortable to sit on the floor. Guess what? There's a cushion for that. Head on over to guyam.com and use the code BRUNCHANDSLAY, that's B-R-U-N-C-H-A-N-D-S-L-A-Y to get your cushion today. And now back to brunch and sleigh. So I have to ask, why is good credit important for traveling? Um, I get so
1: many free stuff, like almost like all my personal travel now it's free because by having good credit, maintaining good credit, um, you're able to to apply and get like really good credit cards. That you know, the travel cards are really the best ones, um, and. If you have a good credit, you can get like something like the Amex Platinum or Chase Sapphire Reserves and those like in your everyday purchases, you earn a lot of points that then translate into free uh, miles or free trips.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I love a good point system. That's literally how I choose my credit cards. I look at uh-huh. all the benefits before I even think about it. Um, so I want to do a lightning round. I want to I name a couple of things about travel, ask you a couple of questions about travel. and You just say the first country, city, state, whatever that comes to your mind. Uh-huh. So what is your favorite country thus far? St. Martin. Oh, love St. Martin. I, I can understand that. Favorite beach?
1: Paradise Bay, Haiti.
0: Oh, favorite cold weather haunt?
1: Uh, that's a tough one. I would have to say uh, Switzerland.
0: Oh, most exotic place you've ever been?
1: Ah, uh, you're asking the tough ones. Uh, exotic, <laughs> Um, I would have to say Cambodia.
0: Ah, okay. So in all your travels, I'm sure you've had some close calls, <laughs> Tell us about a time when you had something crazy go down and it all worked out, no matter, even though, in spite of everything that could go wrong, <laughs> how it worked out.
1: So on all my trips, I require people to have travel insurance. And that's both to protect us, but to protect them also from anything that could happen as far as like their bags getting lost, any medical emergencies or anything like that. And I remember uh, we had a Cuba trip. And we had, uh, somebody came and knocked at my door like three o'clock in the morning. And I, um, I answered the door and he's like sweating. I'm like, is everything okay? He's like, you have to come now. My roommate is sick. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking maybe they, are, they ate something bad. They're throwing up. Um, something like that. Well, it was way worse. And... I go to their room and I find the girl literally completely naked. And I'm like, what is going on? She's not responding to anything and she just keeps screaming at the top of her lungs.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And you imagine this is three o'clock in the morning. We're in a hotel. We are two guys. She keeps screaming. So if somebody wakes up, comes And here you have a woman naked in the room. She can't respond. It does not look good. No, not at all. So the thing about this business is you have to be a quick thinker and know what to do at any time. So the very first thing I did is I ran downstairs, asked the front desk to call a doctor, Um, quickly ran upstairs, uh, got my assistant, who's a female, told her to go up to the room and stay with her just in case anybody else wakes up, comes around. So that it's not just her and the guy um, there and, you know, right. doesn't look good. Um, in the meantime, you know, I have a record of uh, everybody's uh, either allergies or any kind of medical conditions that they have. So I pulled that up and I realized that she was diabetic. Um, so, I of course, quickly ran up, told them to give her some orange juice and apple juice. Um, in the meantime, I stayed in the lobby to make sure that when the doctors come, I'm able to direct them directly to the rooms without them being lost or anything like that. Um, and of course, we went up to the to the room with the doctors and they said, yes, basically her sugar is low, uh, but we still need to take her to the hospital. So we literally wrapped her up in the in the sheets, put her on the, in the luggage cart, rolled her downstairs, um, got in a cab, rushed to the hospital. Um, before we got to the hospital, she started coming back. And the funny thing is, the very first thing she said she says oh we need to hurry up we have a tour at nine o'clock and I'm <laughs> that like, means you plan
0: a damn good trip Well, <laughs> yeah but I'm like seriously oh um, wow
1: but yes so it was very scary especially because at first you don't know what's going on and you know you don't want the worst to happen even if they have travel insurance but at the same time um the good thing is that this happened in Cuba where if anything they have like one of the best doctors in the world. Uh, and they took very good care of us. Um, the one thing that we did not think about is that when we took her out, we didn't take no shoes for her. So I had to give her my sandals on the way back and basically walk barefoot, like in the streets streets of Cuba. Oh, wow. Yeah, but this it was a very uh, learning experience, I guess.
0: Wow, so you know that you're he thinks quick on his feet. So for when you go on the trip, you know that you're in good hands, right? You're thinking of all the I's and all the T's that yep. need to be crossed. Yep. <laughs> And
1: it's a a good point because planning a trip is so much work and people only realize it until they try to plan something for their family or their friends. And they're like, oh my God, Richard, I give you props.
0: Oh, I can only imagine the stress level that you constantly are around, especially with traveling as frequently as you are. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So do you typically go ahead and scout out the cities prior to the group coming if it's someplace you haven't been or do you kind of leave it for chance?
1: So it's two things.
0: I one, I never plan
1: or host a trip somewhere that I have I have never been, and two, everywhere we plan a trip, we have really good connections underground. So it's always that I, if I plan a trip somewhere, I'm gonna go ahead of time to not only check out the, the places but also to to make some good connections. Um, I had somebody ask me the other day, why don't you reach out to these properties or these vendors? Um, and tell them, you know, this is what you're doing so that they can uh, offer you like a free stay and stuff like that. But the reason why I don't like doing that is because I don't want it. I want it to be very authentic. So when I go and scout out a place, I will pick a place based on my own experience without them knowing um, what, who I am and what I'm doing.
0: No, that's a great, that's a great thing. You can always come to them afterwards, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. No, it's good. You want, I understand that you want to be treated well. You want to, it's your brand that's on the line, Yes. right? So how many languages are you speaking? You're going to all these countries.
1: <laughs> so I am fluent in English, French, uh, Spanish, Asian Creole. And I know a little bit of something almost everywhere I go.
0: I try to learn a little bit of something here and there. Wow, so are you sleeping much? What does that look like? Oh my God, what is that
1: <laughs>
0: i I sleep about uh, I would say maybe four or five hours a day. Wow, so what is as you move forward and we're heading into a new decade this is a new time it's it's a huge space for traveling and for social media has really opened doors as far as making new like what used to be a travel agent no longer really exists yeah it's a whole new ball game so what are your plans for your brand over the next few years
1: well uh the immediate plans right now is to pretty much um i want to give others the opportunity to not only learn um, in this business, but also to experience things. So right now, a lot of people are used to me being the host and me going on the trips. Um, I, I love doing it, but at the same time, I want it to, to be where I can uh, train other people and give them the opportunity to actually go ahead and, and take that leadership role and you know, have great experiences in other countries. Everybody wants free travel, and I'm in a position where I can offer that and basically change people's lives through it. Um, So definitely want to have more ambassadors, more trip hosts, um, and especially, like we're saying, grow more in Africa and offer different places.
0: Now, you know you can't talk about ambassadors without without telling this audience what you're looking for in an ambassador, because people are probably (laughs) foaming at the mouth now. Wait a minute. Hold on. How can I get it?
1: (laughs) I I think the number one thing, uh, which is usually hard to find, is getting people that are very organized. But understand that, you know, when you're hosting a trip, you're not on vacation. It's easy to fall into, into that mindset that, you know, you are in an exotic place and, you know, you're going to enjoy this beach. But in reality, yes, you're, you're going to find time to enjoy it, but the, the, the work comes first. So you always have to pre-plan. You have to be very patient. You have to deal a people with person. You have to understand that, you know, things can happen at any time and um, learning how to improvise and adjust.
0: No, that's great. You're at work, people. So, yep. yeah. Because <laughs> you're, you're going to be
1: asked the same questions over and over again. Um, a lot of people get frustrated with that, but you have to have the patience to do it.
0: Right, right, and I, and and I, and it's all about the process, right? And and it's a passion. It's a certain kind of person when people are vulnerable and they're they're leaving their lives in your their lives in your hand. I'm sure there's a lot of questions about what activities and what can I eat, where can I go, is it safe? Yep. Um, yeah, especially now with so many more exotic places that we typically hadn't gone to as a culture that that weren't high on our list, they are becoming more mm-hmm. attainable because of people's timelines like yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. All
0: right. So uh, what hashtag would you use to describe yourself right now?
1: Oh, my God. I use so many different ones. Um, the, the one that most of the people on my trips uh, use is Asian Nomad Trips, just so that they can, like, see where we've been, um, where we're going. Um, of course, I use Wanderlust and all the, the, the big ones.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: most of our trips, you'll find it on Asian Nomad Trips.
0: So as you get ready to embark on conquering this next level of the world, I'd love to know, you know, what vibes and prayers can we send your way?
1: <laughs> well, definitely a lot of blessings, um, a lot of growth,
0: um, a lot of great customers. Um, we
1: definitely love people that, uh, that have not left the country yet. So um, those are always welcome um, to travel with us. Definitely show them that there's more Uh, to the world and just like their neighborhoods, but um, a lot of patients.
0: Yeah, so how large are the groups that you typically take? It
1: depends. Um, For example, um, most of our trips, we try to limit to about 15 because uh, that way it's a comfortable level that we can like have personal interaction with everybody. Um, And also that it's not overwhelming for everybody. Uh, last year we did do hundred people in Egypt, and believe it or not, like that is more manageable than some trips that are fifteen people. Really? And that's because yes, that's because we have a whole team for Egypt. So we have uh, you know each we have groups of of twenty, uh, you know, four different buses, and it's easier because when we do the Egypt trip, we, we cruise down the Nile River. Um, as you cruise down in our river to, to Luxor or, or the Nubian villages um, you 're doing it on a, on a river cruise and it 's much better to have the entire ship um, by having a, a big group and it 's all of us on the ship versus having us and random other people on the ship so, oh, so it 's a uh, better yeah. experience
0: yeah, yeah, I could see that Wow yeah. man i 'm over here like, okay, let me let me get it together. <laughs> So now this Saturday, you can brunch with anyone in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with?
1: Oh, my God. You said dead or
0: alive? Yes, dead or alive. It can be more than one person.
1: Great. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, right now, that would be Anthony Burden and Nelson Mandela.
0: Ooh. Man, that's going to be – man, you like to go deep, don't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I, I love people that I can learn a lot from, um, Both in business and as a personal.
0: Man. So what advice do you have for some of the folks out there who are wanting to embark on creating travel groups and maybe not even as their full time, but they're really just wanting Uh to get out there and and embrace the world? What advice do you have for them?
1: This question couldn't come at a better time. Just today I was having this discussion with somebody. This is not just for you know somebody that wants to do a travel group or any kind of business. The most important part about creating a business or creating like a a travel thing, quitting your job to travel the world, you need to have a foundation, a solid foundation. And what I mean by that is don't quit your job saying that, you know, you're going to travel the world and you're going to make a business without knowing how you're going to pay your rent, how you're going to like live. So that has to be in place. You need to have, I don't care if you're going to drive Uber, you're going to do Uber Eats, but you need to have something that's going to sustain you while you work on whatever your dream is.
0: No, that's great advice. I know a lot of people, you know, like, back to, I hate to give social media this much credit because we're all uh-huh. humans and we're adults. Yes. We know that some things are just make-believe. Social media right. is no different than an extension of television. What it was it's yes. just a different form of entertainment. Yes. So I don't want to give it all that credit, but don't get caught up because you see real people more accessibly doing things. A lot of people actually have jobs and have lots of vacation time, yep. right? And so they go take these trips and they save, like I save to go on my trips, you know? Uh-huh. That's nothing wrong with that, guys. <laughs>
1: yep. yeah but and, don't and drink too much of the Kool-Aid. <laughs> right and definitely um i think that uh a lot of the younger people they need to start investing younger um and i i don't care if it's you know getting a good savings account um investing in in, in stocks and and whatever they, they want to invest in but the earlier you start the more you have to be able to travel the way that you want in your thirties and your forties um, definitely create like some kind of fun where you can uh, do that on the side.
0: No, I love that. And, and I, th- I think for me, travel changed my life young at a young age when I was in college yes. and traveling abroad. That's when I knew that the only way to truly raise your vibrations or consciousness was to see how other people live yes. and to not just believe everything that you're taught. And when yep. you go out and you see other cultures in other countries and you see in some instances where people do so much more with less, uh-huh. um, you look at things a little differently, you know. Yes. So I, I, I am in awe of what you've created and just amazed and I and, and cannot wait to continue to follow your journey and see where it takes you because I think it's a brave person to step out on faith the way you have but not only that but to bring other people who look like you and who come from the same backgrounds as you and expose them to different walks of life uh you're opening a you. door for, yeah you're so welcome but you're opening the door for new opportunities for us mentally it's not just this great photo op right it's this it's a whole way of thinking it's, it's changing and it's creating opportunity for other cultures to learn more about us. So man, it's yes. amazing. Yeah. And,
1: and at the same time, it's for me, I, I think the biggest prize is like seeing the difference that it makes in other people's lives, whether it's the people that come on a trip with us, but also the people in these locations. Um, I remember I, I went to Haiti uh, once with a group of 20 people. And after we visited the Citadel, um, you know, you have all the, the souvenir people selling uh, trinkets and, and magnets and all of that. And usually, like, you know, they'll come and, like, hound you to buy, like, something. And I remember I was talking to somebody, and one of them kept tapping on my shoulder. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, she's trying to sell me something. And I turn around, and she said to me, you know, I just wanted to thank you because today you helped me feed my children. Let me tell you, there is no amount of money that you can pay me to give me that feeling of, like, accomplishment and pride that I felt in that moment. So that is something that drives me so much.
0: Is that where you birthed the idea to to do the microloans as you guys travel throughout the world?
1: Yes. So... I so we had this issue where whenever we would have big groups and we go to restaurants and you know, people would order all sorts of things, and at the, at the end, you know, when it comes time to pay and like figure out the tips and stuff like that, it was always like you know, a headache. So we came up with this idea that what we're going to do is we're going to calculate like what the, tr- what the tips um, for the entire trip are going to be. And that way we can collect the tips on the first day and distribute it ourselves at the end of each meal. For example, we go to Cuba or Haiti or Egypt, Um, we know that for the entire trip, the tips are going to be $50. So we collect the $50 from each person at the beginning of the trip. And a lot of times at the end of the trip, we have um, some change left over from from that. So it could be $40, $60, $80, whatever it is. And we decide, okay, what what did we want to do with that um, extra? And... Um, I personally knew about this organization called Kiva, where uh, what they do is like they create uh, crowdfunding, um, but they're more so like small loans. So it's a small 1% loan that you provide for women and other entrepreneurs from developing countries where you can give them a boost to start their businesses because they don't have access to a small business loans, the funding. Um, As their motto says, you know, dreams are universals, but opportunities are not. So we decided that for each country that we go to, if we have uh, tips left over, we'll loan it to somebody there. And uh, basically, once they repay it, that 1% interest, we pretty much pay it forward to somebody else in another country. So we're creating opportunities for uh, women and other people in different countries.
0: Phenomenal work, Richard. Phenomenal work.
1: Thank you.
0: So where can people follow you? How can they support you?
1: So basically, um, you guys can find us everywhere uh, on social media as Haitian Nomad. Um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, mostly Instagram and Facebook as Haitian Nomad. Or you can find our trips and uh, inf- more information at HaitianNomad.net. Not .com, HaitianNomad.net. <laughs>
0: Wow, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and giving us the, the travel bug. We are ready to go on an adventure, I am sure. We're going to have to side note and figure out what we can do with brunch <laughs> and sleigh, right? That'd be so awesome. Yes. Oh, man. So, man, thank you so much, Richard. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Pleasure's was all mine. Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week.
2: So I did the swam. You know, I had all of that. I had all of that for 10 years but because I was stepping up and I was buying more vehicles and I was adding to my fleet, I was also stuck in the day-to-day grind of paying my bills Mm -hmm. of making sure that those trucks were running, making sure that, you know, we were hiring drivers. So for a lot of us, minority um, companies, We're small businesses. You know, small business can be anything from zero to 299 employees. So that's not really small. You know what I mean? The term kind of covers a a myriad of of different, you know, tiers, but I was a, a true small company. So I didn't have a staff of four or five people to go in a room and find me contracts and to make sure my paperwork stayed in compliance and all this stuff. I didn't have that.
0: And if you enjoy today's show and want to know more about the Haitian Nomad, you know, go ahead and follow Richard's feed, support him, go ahead and start searching for your trip for you and your girls or you and your boys, figure out where we're going, DM me if y'all see something that you know we should all go on together, I'm down, just let me know. (laughs) And no matter what, I want you guys to remember uh, that when we build, we win, right? When we support one another and we work together, the outcome is only going to be greatness. So until next time, this is Brent Slate.